This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm wearing a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. That monkey's my fly out of my butt. Now, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and I'll remind you that I can be brown, I can be blue, I can be violet sky, but I'm not. I'm Sean. Joining me tonight in the historic Cosmic Potato Studio, we have Rick. How are you, sir? How long can you hold your breath? You get a trivia question, sir. Uh, Bring it. <laughs> what 1953 horror film was remade in 2005 with Paris Hilton in the lead role? Uh, House of Wax. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. You didn't think I'd get that one, did you? No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Scott is here as well. How are you, sir? Um, uh, I I kick ass for the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) What film series took off at the box office after the concept couldn't land as an unproduced episode of The X-Files? Took off, couldn't land. X Files. I don't know. Final destination. Um, hmm. Oh, they can we steal? Do we get steal? <laughs> no, you you'll, get, you'll get a question. <laughs> I want. I want. I want to get the ones that I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I stole the, the last show that we recorded. Yeah, I you can. Someone. You can steal if you want to, but you, nobody said steal. I didn't know. We, uh, Chris, how's it going, He's sir? He's the point anyway. Hey, he everything's great. Right. Well, I'm not even keeping score. Uh, Chris, A Quiet Place was a very successful film a few years ago. It was originally meant to be a sequel to what? War of the Worlds. Porkies. I don't know. John, do you want to steal? <laughs> well, let me think. A Quiet Place, a sequel... Uh, I mean, War of the Worlds makes sense, but no, I don't know. It's Cloverfield. You know, I was mm. I was about to say that as a joke, 
Does the monsters <laughs> look sort of like that? But... It, it's Cloverfield. Hmm. Uh, Virginia, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Gracing us for the first time in a long time. Yay. Annabelle made her debut in what film? Um, I don't know a lot of her films, but I uh, watched The Conjuring last night, so that's what I'm going to go with. It is. It was The Conjuring. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right. And John, how are you, sir? I'm well. What is the name of the demon in The Exorcist? Krista Steele. The name of the demon in The Exorcist. Uh, let's go with uh, classic uh, Mephistopheles. No, nah, they couldn't afford Mephistopheles. Uh, Chris? Pazuzu. It was Pazuzu, yes. Oh. All right. Before we get into our topic, we're going to talk about horror movies tonight. We're going to talk about our favorite horror movies that came out before the year 2000. But before we do, uh, let's have a little bit of a Halloween discussion. Um, Scott and Rick were both here last week, so I'll ask the, the, the people that weren't here. Chris, hi. what Halloween costume do you remember being your favorite when you were a kid or think, when you were an uh, adult? No, I've already told this. I've already told the story on the Quantum Leap podcast. So, Scott, you've already heard this. You can punch out. When I was a kid, we used to get these costumes that came in a cardboard box. And um, they had just like a little smock that you could tie around uh, whatever you were wearing that tied in the back. And then this plastic mask that had like the, the most thin, brittle plastic and the thinnest rubber band. And you could stick your, your tongue through the mouth slot. And but it had like, like a it, picture of what you were dressed as on the Right, front. exactly. Yeah, and you yeah, would yeah. cut your tongue. And I was thrilled to pieces one year when I was Sigmund the Sea Monster. That to this day <laughs> remains my very favorite Halloween costume, up to and including my more recent Marty McFly cosplay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John, what about you? Uh, that's a tough one. I didn't really dress up a lot for Halloween when I was a kid. Uh, I guess the first one I remember kind of being excited about, we weren't kids, so we were actually, uh, it was Halim and I, we had just moved to Memphis and we, uh, we went to a party as um, Aladdin and Jasmine. Oh, okay. We rocked Aww. it. It looked good. That's sweet. All yeah. right. Virginia, what was you? I've been sitting here thinking, and I couldn't tell you a single Halloween costume I had growing up. <laughs> I know I dressed up for Halloween. I took my little brothers and sisters around to get candy. Could not tell you what I dressed up as. <laughs> sincerely. So I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Can I say another one? Yeah, go ahead. Because I, I I thought of one that um, when I was in uh, in undergrad, my my then girlfriend at the time, uh, she she was she's the one that made my Noid costume. Uh, <laughs> tune in for last week's show to, to hear the Noid story. Um, and one year we 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 got this. I, I got this idea. I, I had a a, a three piece suit, and she did my face up uh, as, as a skull. And this is hard for y'all to picture but i used to have a lot of hair and it was very thin 
and it was very long. And so we teased my hair up in like this big poof and, and hairsprayed it and stuff and did my face as a skull. And I had a briefcase and a suit and I was death of a salesman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right. Good. Um, another question for everybody. What kind of candy did you like getting for Halloween the best? And what do you get, give out now? Because if anybody candy says, bars, if anybody says you give out toothbrushes and stuff, I'm going to hang Oh, up. hell no. That's no. evil. What'd you say, John? Uh, the mini candy bars, mini actual candy bars, little, you know, fun size. Yep. Fun Snick- size. Snickers, mm-hmm. uh, Milky Ways, chocolate bars. Are you looking for specific candies, Sean, or types of candy? Either. Either or. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious. Reese's. Reese's are the best. And is the ultimate candy. I, and you know what? I think Reese's Reese's peanut butter cups are one of the few candies that have not significantly shrunk over the years. <laughs> they have shrunk actually, <laughs> especially the, the, the individually wrapped ones. Cause when you open them up, they're on, they're like that. They're like that big. But have you seen the five pound Reese's cup you can get? Yeah, that's too, that's that. that I don't like the, that's insane. That's I don't like awesome. those. And, and the <laughs> other one that they give out the, the big cups, I don't like those because it throws the chocolate to peanut butter ratio off. A, Have y'all a, seen regular, that? a regular Reese cup is the perfect chocolate to peanut butter ratio. When you start adding peanut butter, but you're not adding chocolate, it's, it's not. I don't like you, you are Have you so seen wrong. the only peanut butter Reese's peanut butter cup that it has I've the peanut it. butter shell as well as the peanut butter inside it? Just buy a a jar of Jif and a spoon. Yeah, just take a spoon. You gotta have the chocolate to balance it out. They don't taste the same. (laughs) Reese's peanut butter does not taste like regular peanut butter. No, it does not. No, No, it's just peanut butter that's based on sugar. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I get cravings. I get cravings for candy that I'm not not entirely a fan of. Sometimes, especially around Halloween, uh, you get a craving for something, and then you just eat a couple of pieces, and you'll be done with it. But Every once in a while, I get a craving for circus peanuts. No, and I'll eat a couple no. of them, and then I'll be like, uh, "Okay, I'm done with the circus peanuts now." I don't know why. I'm I, I don't think I've ever worked up the courage to eat one of those things. It's, it's exactly are, as you would imagine. Don't, don't, don't buy into, don't buy into, buy into the hate, Rick. Circus peanuts are tasty. Don't yeah, I, marshmallows. Don't, I like them if you just have a couple of them, but you know, um, I imagine they're they're kind of like the 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 marshmallows in lucky charms just bigger no they're not soft. really yeah they're they're, 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 they're they're more stiff than like some, the marshmallows you'd buy in a bag of marshmallows but they're definitely softer than lucky charms marshmallows okay. they're, they're they're marshmallows if you were to compress a marshmallow that's basically yeah. what they are okay um, but not but not compress it to the point where it's crunchy like you get in the cereals yeah, no. If you took a marshmallow in your hand and you just smushed it as tight as you can get it, that's a circus peanut. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> and added some um, orange of ambiguous origin. Some, <laughs> some orange orange coloring, and I I think that there's like a bit of banana flavoring to it, but not like. Oh, that's maybe that's worse. what I don't like about it. Not not to the <laughs> point where they're going to say banana flavored, but you're going to you're going to pick <laughs> that, up a bit of it. That candy banana where we all accept that it's banana, but it tastes nothing it like doesn't banana. Doesn't taste anything like banana. Yeah, 
Okay, I have a question for everybody. Where does everyone stand on candy corn? I like candy corn. I actually had some candy corn. I, I like candy corn in small doses. I don't. I don't eat it. I just eat it around Halloween, really. Um, but I had some this week, and we actually uh, you have to take a bowl and put some candy corn in a bowl and mix some peanuts in there with it. That's some good stuff. That tastes just like a baby Ruth. I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am not a big eater of candy. Not a baby root, a payday, excuse me. It tastes just like a a payday. Um, Candy corn, I'll eat it if it's around. I have never knowingly bought any. So (laughs) it's not like something that we'll have at the house. Um, But if if I have access to candy corn, I might nibble on some. I don't think it's terrible. I think there are far worse things in the world than candy corn. Yeah. Wax Um, lips. Why those exist, I don't know. <laughs> Never did. Any of your uh, wax based like candy big, just big probably shouldn't <laughs> be in production anymore. Yeah, I don't like the little, the little, the little cola bottles. Or, or the yeah, what are those about? Not, I mean, you're not supposed to eat it. You're supposed to chew it. It's like gum. But it it turns still... into just this 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 crumbly <laughs> mass of nastiness in your mouth. I. I remember asking my mom, what am I supposed to do with this? She's like, just to chew it. And then I'd and be like, Bleh. it's like eating a candle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll eat candy corn if it is coming in a mix of other stuff. Like if it's your, your standard uh, autumn mix of, uh, of mellow cream candies. Uh, so you get candy corn, you get, uh, I don't know if they still call it Indian corn. They probably call it chocolate candy corn now. Um, yeah, I don't like those. But oh, uh, yeah, you, you'll get the the two varieties of candy corn, and then the the little pumpkin shaped. Uh, the, yeah. I, was gonna, I was gonna say the pumpkins are good. Those I are basic. I mean, they basically yeah. taste like candy corn to me. They, I mean, they do, but I like pumpkins. the it's it's a more pleasing. You get you get a more fulfilling bite out of it. I guess now they have yeah. pumpkin spice candy corn. Of course. Of course. No, of course. <laughs> Get out of here with that. I did a couple weeks ago at the store. I bought a a bag of nothing but those mellow cream pumpkins. Mm-hmm. I put that in a nice little Tupperware container. And if I'm passing through the kitchen, I'll just, you know, grab one and pop one in. But you don't want to overdo it because it's mm. essentially just, you know, compacted sugar with some color. There's not yeah. a whole lot more to it than that. So <laughs> you want to go easy on it or else you're going to put yourself into some kind of shock. You know, um, I feel like um, I feel like Smarties and Dum Dums and Blow Pops only exist around Halloween. Like, <laughs> if not for Halloween, they would they would have been out of business in like the thirties. <laughs> what was that, Chris? What's uh, this spider is like crawling on my table now. It just whoa! Hang on, I step on it. Now it's a dead spider. Oh, a spider. <laughs> nice. It's just, it's very bold spider. And then it realized that I noticed it and then it panicked. So I don't know how to deal with insects. <laughs> it's kind of like the little candy. You know with it. like, um, it's kind of like a piece of a big wad of peanut butter. And they're always wrapped in a, either an orange. Oh, or a yeah. Anything wrapped in, in uh, uh, um, wax, wax paper, paper is just goes right in the trash. That was, that was <laughs> never an option. Mm-hmm. Or bit of honeys. Oh God! All these things are. We used to get this candy against the Geneva Convention. I was reminded this week of this candy that we used to have. I think it was called Mister Bones or something like that. And it was a coffin. Mm -hmm. You open the coffin up, and it's filled with candy bones. 
And but that was like Smarties. That was it like was a, it was a puzzle. You could actually yeah. put them together, and it was a skeleton. But yeah, we never did that. We just opened it up and just popped them in our mouth. I had no idea right. it was a puzzle that you could put together. Yeah. I just yeah. yeah, yeah, all the bones fit together. I never got to weigh in on candy corn. Hello, go um, ahead. Casual <laughs> fan, uh, like Rick, I like them. Um, they're kind of like in-laws. I'm, I'm not necessarily, you know, uh, I like them when I see them, but I don't necessarily miss them when they're gone. <laughs> I like them. I'll usually buy like what uh, Scott was talking about, the mix of stuff, like the mellow cream mix. I'll buy like one bag on October 1st. And then I'm like, that's it. That's all I'm buying for for the rest of however long. When it's gone, it's gone. Are blow pops worth the effort? I think so. (laughs) I I thought so when I was a kid, but I'm not, I don't really chew gum now, so. I always <laughs> thought not. that when you got the gum off and you had the mixture of the gum just being chewed with the shards of sweet lollipop that were still attached, yeah. mm-hmm. that was the best mm-hmm. part. When, when you got the thin candy coating. Yeah, the you can, t- you can yeah it's a tiny bit left yeah. to just give it like a little bit of flavor. Mm-hmm. I'd and, much rather have a Tootsie Pop than a Blow Pop. See, no, see I was going to say now, no. Tootsie Pops are not worth the trouble. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I never liked Tootsie Roll. Not a fan. And, and Tootsie Pops are way too much work to get to more Tootsie Roll. <laughs> I, I have had an aversion to Blow Pops ever since one of them took out a tooth. Oh, my mm. God. You and your face again, Scott. Well, I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't chew gum anymore because I was chewing some gum. Maybe about, you need some more oranges. You know, the scurvy can be a real problem. <laughs> I was chewing some gum about 10 or 15 years ago, and it pulled a filling just straight out of my tooth. Just <laughs> Just Ever right since out. I quit smoking 20 years ago, I chew a lot of gum. In my defense, it was a baby tooth. Let's just say that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, when I was a kid, probably I probably, probably was like 10 or 11, uh, I got this idea after Halloween, the day after Halloween. Because it was like, you know, this is candy you are allowed to eat without any sort of restraint whatsoever. And I got the idea that a mouthful of chocolate would be the best thing ever. And to this day, it still is. <laughs> I, I like opened like four Reese's cups and, you know, and I was just like, Grub! and I was like, this is everything I hoped it would be. <laughs> can, I, can I ask a controversial question? Am I alone on the panel uh, in not liking Reese's peanut butter cups or Reese's pieces or anything Reese's? Seems like you are. Are you I not a fan of peanut butter? I can't, I can't join you. I there. like peanut butter by itself. I don't like it in stuff. And I don't think that the Reese's peanut butter is really, we discussed this already, can be classified as peanut butter. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's sort of peanut butter-ish. Although, sure. if in a pinch, if you have chocolate bar, or, and, or I, if I have chocolate bars and I'm in a particularly medicated situation, uh, I might just get out the peanut butter and and uh, uh, and the chocolate bars, and it it's you're right. It's absolutely not the same taste as as a Reese's, no. but it's still damn good. You got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter on <laughs> my chocolate. And I do love. I like peanuts and chocolate together. I mean, I like Snickers. I like Baby Ruth's. Mm-hmm. Um, I um not so much. Oh, I, I introduced ja- I introduced Jacob to a banana fluffer nutter. A couple weeks ago, oh, and it was he. He was he was delighted. <laughs> I was going to say, what's what's a candy that you like that nobody else seems to? Well, apparently, circus peanuts. Apparently, circus peanuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I like laffy taffy. I don't eat it very often, though. 
Has anyone here ever actually eaten a Necco wafer? Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I love yeah. those things. You do? Mm. Yeah. They're, they're like big rather, Smarties. I'd rather know they taste like candy like corn. They're not like big Smarties at all. They're, they're like if big Smarties fell into like the, the fly gene splicer with styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> it does taste like styrofoam. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> they tell oh, those things. The okay, I was thinking of something else. Never mind. Yeah, no, Necco wafers. They're, they're the they're the round, like half dollar size, mm-hmm. yeah. compressed chalk. They're, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah just, they taste those those things. Yeah, I don't like those. I, those taste like all the um, moisture out of your head. <laughs> if you go to like a a, a a science museum, they always sell astronaut ice cream, and that's yeah. kind of what it tastes like. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I can see. That, that might be what it is actually. Um, I I was fine with uh, Necco wafers, and we would often have them at the house, and I would eat all of them except for the black ones. The black ones can go straight to hell. <laughs> I, I do not, I do not like jelly beans at all. You can have all the jelly beans and just choke on them. I don't care. Uh, I, 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 I like don't jelly like beans. <laughs> I do too. Uh, yeah. Depends yeah, on the flavor. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of non-chocolate candy. <laughs> I was I, I was I'll, an athlete. Jelly beans. For some reason, jelly beans are better like around Easter, though. Like they put out the good jelly beans or something. Yeah, um, it's not the flavor know. that I don't like. It's more the texture because we do we do a game when I go when I go to cons. We mm-hmm. do a game where I ask trivia questions, and if you get them wrong, you have to eat a jelly bean, and it's and it's the jelly beans that have all the weird flavors, all the bad flavors are in there, and stuff like that. Uh, I think that might be why you just you've you've reconditioned no, yourself. I've, I've never, I've never been a fan of jelly beans. I just, <laughs> I just don't like the I don't like the texture of them. I don't know. I, I enjoy that game because I listened to a recording of Sean doing that or uh, hosting that game, and as I was listening to it, um, and no, no, sorry, I I got the timeline confused. Uh, my brother, some listeners might remember him from previous episodes being on the panel. My you brother Tom from such shows as <laughs> uh, he caught Sean in a mistake. Mm-hmm. The answer that Sean said was correct for a particular question turns out he was wrong. Yeah, and my brother called him on it, and I passed it on to Sean. And Sean he copped to the mistake, and he ate a jelly bean. Uh, he did a short video and released it online mm-hmm. of him. <laughs> eating a jelly bean because he got it wrong. And I can't remember what flavor he got, but it was, I remember it was a bad one. It was, I know Sean. I mean, when your last jelly bean flavors were, I think like boogers, sour milk or uh, rotten (laughs) eggs. Yeah. But I I haven't liked jelly beans since I was a kid, you know, it's just, (laughs) and like I said, it's not the flavors because some of the flavors are good. It's just that, that, that weird, I don't know. It's a weird, almost hard, almost soft, chewy, I don't know. Yeah, see, I like that. Yeah. I think that I'm, because I'm more of a fan of yeah. sugar and I like sweet and sour more than I like, say, like chocolate. So mm. I like jelly beans, especially if they're citrus flavored. And I love like like Sour Patch Kids and Sour yeah. Worms. And I do like stuff. Sour Patch Kids. I'll eat a whole bag of Sour Patch Kids. And I don't do sour at all. So. All of those are yeah. okay for me. They're not like, I'm, not, I'm never going to miss them. I'm, not, I'm never going to like crave jelly beans. My 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 fruity candy of choice is probably uh, Skittles. Skittles are good. No argument here. Not counting raisinets because I I can do a sugar overdose on Skittles if I have too many. I I can't. I even even to this day I can still get sick to my stomach. How but about I, nerds? 
Uh, Same thing. I like them. The the crunch aspect of nerds is great, but again, it can be too much sugar. And we talked about sour just a second ago. I need to ask if if anyone remembers um, uh, tear jerkers. Oh yeah. 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 The super, super sour. uh, And now that was gum, wasn't it? Tear jerkers. And then I'm thinking you might think of the atomic, the atomic sour. Right. Yeah. yeah, with a blown out face on the on the ball. It, it's like it, a ball. It, it became a fad. There was like like three or four different brands of the of candies with a super sour yes. yeah. super sour mm-hmm. coating. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the super sour. I was actually gonna say you asked about nerds. Um <clears throat> it was it wasn't so much that I particularly enjoyed uh the taste of nerds. I thought they were okay. It was more that they were the 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 novelty of the cool little box where you could slide one half and slide the other half. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. You could dole them out to your friends. That, that, that was the cool candy to have at school. Mm-hmm. I liked. You want to talk about novelty? Yeah, pop, rocks. pop rocks. Pop rocks. I was thinking nerds pop were just like uh, less exciting pop rocks. Yeah, which yeah. they still when, sell pop rocks. I saw some. Oh yeah, the they're still around. I remember oh, when they first came out, or at least when I when I first. I don't know how long they were around, but you know, I didn't believe it. I, you know, oh, this stuff you put it in your mouth and it like it like pops and 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 makes all this noise and i'm like yeah right and then <laughs> i got some pop rocks like this is so freaking cool yeah and if you drink a pepsi at the same time it'll make you hit uh, or it'll explode. make you die that, yeah. yeah that's what we always heard yeah the uh with that with the crybabies um or the tear jerkers super sour gum i i performed uh, an impromptu accidental science experiment and i never had any after that um, cause they would usually come in, uh, like, like a tube, like a plastic tube almost or a sleeve. Mm-hmm. So you'd get a stack of like, I don't know, six or 10 of them. <clears throat> so I popped one into my mouth and I just sucked on it really hard to get the, uh, the sour coating off of it. And once it was no longer sour, I said, okay, that one's done. Pop in another one. So I just, you know, kept riding that super sour coding over and over again. I think it was on my sixth one. That's when I realized that my tongue was bleeding. (laughs) Okay. So that's too many tear jerkers to have in a row. Don't have that many. (laughs) Yeah. They're very acidic. They're very acidic. Yes. Yes, they are. I just thought of something I haven't thought about in probably 30 or 40 years. When I was a kid, we used to be able to get these candy sticks that were that were like they 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 were the, like a barber pole. They had yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. But if you weren't pixie careful, sticks? no, not no pixie no no. Sticks. They were they were like, no. they were like hard candy. He's just talking about like hard candy, yeah. and it oh. had a swirl down it. And you stuck yeah. one in, and you accidentally turn it into a shiv. But exactly. the swirl, <laughs> yes, the swirl was a different density than the rest of the, and it and it would dissolve first, and it would leave this razor sharp channel. Down yeah. The yes. Thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I've 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 always thought that those giant lollipops are like this big. It's just a waste. Nobody's gonna eat a lollipop that <laughs> yeah. big. Yeah. Those were dumb. My mom wouldn't let us throw them away. If somebody gave them to us at Christmas or whatever, <laughs> we'd lick it for a little while, and then she would make us like put it in a Ziploc bag and stick it in the refrigerator. And we it was would, like Homer's sandwich. That thing is that thing was in there for months. <laughs> there was the line, um, and they they've I don't know if they ever went away and came back recently, or if I just stopped noticing them. But 
um, like uh, lemon heads and cherry heads and red mm-hmm. hots and Boston baked beans. They like they all had the exact same packaging. Mm-hmm. That, that <laughs> different colors. Little cardboard like, box. Yes, yeah. the little cardboard box. And once the box was empty, you could play it like a harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like Boston baked beans, I will to this day. Like I, I think like maybe eight nine years ago, like they like I've started seeing them like in Walgreens and CVS and stuff again. So like, they what, they, what do they taste like? They were just peanuts, right? They're, they're no. candy coated peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. peanuts. They're, they're candy coated. one I've never eaten. I've never they're, 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 <laughs> I enjoy them. And like anytime I'm at an Ace Hardware, I'll I'll just I'll pick it up because they're they're twenty five cents. A candy that they used to have when I was a kid that they don't sell anymore is candy cigarettes. You remember those? Sure. Oh, oh yeah. sure. Oh god. Oh, you actually can, you gotta. I can't remember where they're, they're still available. But far less. <laughs> well, they they weren't that good. No, they tasted no. like Necco wafers. Just long yeah, pretty much. Well, no, they're, they're gum. Cool, I got, I'm smoking. But you, you, can, you, are, you can blow a little puff of yeah powder stuff sugar. Out of them. Yeah, my mm-hmm. mom wouldn't buy them. She, I mean, she was so adamant that we weren't going to grow up to be smokers. That I mean, if I was yeah. caught pretending to smoke, I was in trouble. So I think my mom my was smoking mom. when she gave birth to me. <laughs> my mom was and. The the day my uh, and I'm not kidding. The day my mom found out that I was smoking when I, uh, you know, I was in my twenties. Um, she gave me a carton of cigarettes. <laughs> she was like, "Oh here." <laughs> oh my my mom. She found out that I started. Well, we're way off Halloween now, but oh. she found out that I was smoking because I, I smoked in my early twenties. And um, I remember I was at a. Uh, like a Fourth of July dinner or something like that. She and she was there, and we, she lived out of state, so she would come in to visit and stuff. And uh, I pulled out a cigarette. She knew that I had been smoking, but she had never actually seen me do it. I pulled out a cigarette, and she just looked at me. She said, "You're not going to smoke that cigarette in front of me." No, no, I'm not. <laughs> Such a weird thing because my parents both smoked all the time we were growing up, and I didn't start smoking until I was like in my twenties, my early twenties. You go through a phase, I think. And um, I lit up, Sandman, and uh, <laughs> I lit up, and my mom said, "Oh, you break my heart when I see that." I was like, "You've been smoking. I've been watching you smoke my entire life." Yeah. But they somehow justified the fact that I was born premature and I had like water on my lungs or whatever when I was a kid. I'd like lived in the incubator for a little while. And mm. I guess they still see me as like the little, you know, little, I don't know, like the eraser head baby. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining my lungs, my already fragile lungs. Yeah. It's funny because to this day, Laura still smokes. She has never smoked in front of her parents. And we're both in our 50s. I, I have oh, friends really? like that. Yeah. Uh, my my friend my my friend Jen, I, I, she doesn't listen to the show. I don't think. Uh, um, her, she she smokes. Her husband smokes. They live in the Netherlands. She 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 met a a, a Dutch guy and married him, and they moved to, to the Netherlands. They're you know they're in their forties. They still can't smoke in front of her mom. Her dad was the most amazing cigarette hiding ninja you would ever meet because he smoked <laughs> and he would he would take the dog for a, a drag we used to call it because the dog didn't want to go yeah <laughs> never found the butts never smelled any smoke on him but you know he was you know he took the dog for a walk so he could go have a cigarette 
Uh, and it was hilarious because, you know, her mom, I, I love her mom. She, her folks are, are some of the great, I worked for her dad for a year. Um, and her mom is wonderful, but you know, she's one of those people that just, if you piss her off, you are not going to enjoy life for a while. And just the <laughs> fact that her dad was able to, up until I, I, he had a heart attack and I assume he's, he quit then. Nobody knows because you never caught him smoking, but you mm-hmm. knew he was smoking. He he was an, a, a magician about it. Oh, my, my grandfather, uh, he died. I mean, he died of lung cancer because, mm. because he smoked his entire life. And, uh, he was in the hospital with emphysema and took his oxygen tank downstairs and went outside to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. He actually got caught in his hospital room one time because he went in the bathroom and smoked a cigarette. And the wow. nurse came in there and smelled it. You got Not with the oxygen mask on, I hope. <laughs> I mean, if you're if if you're gonna uh, use the energy to go all the way downstairs when you're on oxygen to smoke a cigarette, and by that point, they don't really care if they blow themselves up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about horror movies. We're going to talk about our favorite horror movies that came out before the year 2000. And uh, you're in my wheelhouse now, guys. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll start the conversation with the first one on my list, which is Misery, um, which I didn't actually watch when it first came out because it's one of those deals where you don't see it when it's first released and then you kind of forget about it for several decades. You know? And uh, I didn't go back and watch it until uh, I was listening to the Now Playing podcast and they were doing a, a retrospective of all these Stephen King movies. And that was one of them. So I watched it when they, when they did that. And, but as a Stephen King fan, it's hard to not know about the, I mean, I knew what it was. I was going to say, how did it, how did you admit that's very surprising to me? Yeah. Well, I mean, it just fell off my radar and, uh, and, uh, so many movies and TV shows have done like a version of misery at one time or another. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's even, there's a quantum leap episode. That Moments to Live mm-hmm. episode. Moments to Live, yeah. Which is kind of misery, you know, uh, kind of a play on that trope. But misery is really more suspense than it is horror. But it's not traditionally horror. And it's not a slasher. It's not an alien. It's not a monster, you know, it's or, or a ghost or anything like that. But James Caan is being held hostage by this crazy person, Kathy Bates. And it's so much more tense and that she does these horrible things and she kills people, but she has this moral compass that she doesn't like cursing. So she says cock a all the time, you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. So, um, so I wasn't scared, but the movie does put you on edge because it's suspenseful. And that, that leg smashing scene still, it makes me cringe <laughs> yeah. just thinking yeah. about it. It's so, it's realistic looking. I don't, uh, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Okay. Because, <laughs> Chris, I know you've seen Misery, right? Many, many times. Yeah. It was probably a couple of years ago. And I can't remember if this was prompted or if I just decided to do it. But uh, uh, I posted on Facebook that, for those of you who don't know, um, I think the concept of something being quote-unquote canon in fictional universes in the modern era is just silly. Like it, it makes sense if like, if you're a person 
and you have owned the property and you're the only person who creates stuff in the property, then fine, you get to determine what canon is. But canon in the MCU or canon in Star Trek or canon where, you know, someone just buys the property and then does what they want doesn't make any sense to me. I used a gif of uh, Kathy Bates. Uh, I was like, this is what it sounds like to me when people argue over canon. Like, she didn't get out of the cock a car. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. I think my phone is listening to us. You can cut this, Sean. But Rick, literally, this is a, a headline on my Google. Do Star Trek characters watch Star Trek? <laughs> and it lower decks it says in lower decks comma dot 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 <laughs> sorry i just i it was I, well, I had yeah to. and that's, that's something that well, this is off, off the subject but that's something that i've thought of i thought of the last time rick said that about uh star trek being a show on lower decks or whatever it's like you know that nobody on uh, star trek watches anything on tv or movies that was made before like 1940 <laughs> <laughs> they always watch old movies and stuff like that. They only watch public domain stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> Virginia, what about you? What's your first one? Um, well, I actually watched a couple of earlier today to kind of prepare for this. My first one would be um, Poltergeist. Which mm, I don't know, is that really? Yeah. Sure. Oh, um, it's definitely horror. It's, uh... I think it's really great. Well, first of all, because it was rated PG-13. So like it was the only horror movie that my parents would let us watch at slumber parties. So we were allowed to rent it from the video store. It was really awesome. But also I was watching it earlier today and like the effects really hold up. I mean, there are some that I'm like, that's a little iffy, but a lot of them, they're just, I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell you that it's a movie from 1982. Except yeah. for the clothes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, the a lot of the, uh, the the skeletons in the in the pool were actually uh-huh. real skeletons. They, they shut were, up. Really? No, they were. Yeah, they were. They were the same skeletons from Raiders of the Lost Ark from the from the, the scene where they're getting out of the the Well of the Souls. Oh yeah. Um, they got a deal on a bunch of real skeletons. Really? That yeah. Sounds so odd. <laughs> They weren't all real, but but some of them were. Um, you know, it's funny. I saw Man, Poltergeist. Don't nobody to send them. <laughs> I I saw Poltergeist <laughs> in Gainesville. I, I it was my my freshman year in college. I was away from home for the first time, and um, Poltergeist came out. And I rode. You know, th- this was I rode my bike everywhere in Gainesville. And this this movie theater. It was the same place. I saw Poltergeist and it scared the crap out of me, but I was, I really loved it. It was on my list. I just crossed it off. Um, but also there was a, my, my friend, my friend, uh, Guthrum convinced me to go with him to a midnight showing of, uh, Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> and then I had to ride my bike back home through the, through the, what they called the student ghetto of Gainesville at two o'clock in the morning where I was sure there was a zombie behind every tree <laughs> and around every corner. But yeah, I, I saw the, I saw a poltergeist at that same cinema. Uh, and I saw it in the afternoon. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a traumatic experience riding home. Um, but it, I love that. I, I haven't watched it in years and I keep wanting to, and I always think that I want to watch it when I'm nowhere near a, a TV or a computer or something, but I really need to rewatch that one because it, it was it's so streaming good. right now. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Tell me this something. House the, is the clean. scene where the dude like imagines he's tearing his face off. Does that hold up? 
That is not so great. No, not so great. Okay. Mm-mm. And and who here does not ever use the phrase "this house is clean"? After you finish doing housework, I, I just said it. <laughs> oh, did you? I didn't hear. I was I, I was talking over people, so I was being rude. You know what? Ironically, I never use it when I'm doing housework. <laughs> it's, it's never even occurred to me. I, I have. I have after I've actually cleaned the house, it it it's it's after I've you know. I've, after you know, I've beaten something in a video game, or <laughs> you know, decimated my enemies in some competition. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's never occurred to me to actually do it after I clean the house. <laughs> and I would never ever give my child a clown doll like that one was. I don't care how benign. Oh my the god! Is. I mean, the, what happened with that so poor kid? With the, the clown doll and the tree are the two the things tree, that stick yeah. in the brain most. Yeah. Or was that? And two? I still to this day try to figure out how far a storm is when counting the, between the lightning and the thunder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, too. Mm-hmm. I, I taught Sharon that just last month. <laughs> is that the one where the little girl says they're here? Or was yep. that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah. I knew it was Poltergeist, but I didn't know if it was that one or if it was one of the sequels. Did, did, no, that was the first one. Now I never watched the remake. Did any of y'all watch the remake? It was a remake. The, a yeah. remake or a sequel. Was it, wasn't there, there was like, oh, was it, was it a sequel to Poltergeist? There was, there there was a Poltergeist a movie in the last I think there was three years. of them. There were a couple of sequels. I don't yeah. know if there was a remake. I don't think there was a remake. There may well have been. There probably okay. was. I just, yeah. I don't have any recollection of it. We can find out. We have the Oracle. Uh, yep. There's a 2015 remake. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. there was no way I was going to watch it. Cause I was like, this is a perfect movie. Y'all can have it if you want, but I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, first one was in 82, second in 86, and then uh, Poltergeist 3 in 88. And Poltergeist that was 2 was a remarkable sequel in that it was every bit as good as the first one. What was and the plot to that one? That was, that was the, the one where the, one, the preacher, right? that was the one with the preacher. Yeah. God um, is in his holy temple. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the dad drinks the tequila and he swallows the worm and then he gags oh, up the, yeah. the worm. Yeah, and, I kind of remember that, yeah. yeah. The one you're thinking of, Poltergeist Three, it only had the little girl who played Carol Ann, I think, and yeah. it was like set in like a skyscraper or something. Well, and it had, yeah, it had she went the, to go live with like her aunt or something. It had yeah. the little, the little, um, the medium woman too. Oh yeah, Zelda yeah. Rubenstein. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the small, late, to the late medium great woman. Zelda Rubenstein. Well, and the little girl died too. She she mm-hmm. died very. Yeah, young. she died. Um, mm-hmm. She had a kidney thing going on. I think. Yeah. Uh, in, in the third one, um, and so did the the older sister. She's she she was. Um, they think that she was murdered by her boyfriend or something. Oh, like really? That. Jesus I, if you read on the on her Wikipedia page, like her parents, it seems to me. I don't know why I looked her up, um, but she. I don't know if she vanished, and they seem to be like saying that she was killed by uh, a boyfriend or something like that. Sean, you can cut this. Mm. It's unsubstantiated. I don't know. I just, it's sort of what I'm recalling from reading her Wikipedia page. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson is doing okay though. So don't you yeah. guys worry. Joe, Joe Beth Williams is still, <laughs> I, I still alive and kicking. Yeah. Except the, 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 the reboot of coach never happened. That made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, what about you? What's your first one? Uh, you know, I'll be honest. I didn't think I'd be on tonight, so I didn't do any uh, preparation. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna talk about whatever you guys talk about. But okay. um, I've got, uh, I did thanks to the miracle of a smartphone. I got, I got three. 
And I decided to go with um, movies that I wasn't expecting much from, but turned out to be surprisingly good. And I was trying to find ones that we haven't already talked about on the show at some point, but I don't think there was any movie that we haven't talked about on the show at some point. <laughs> uh, so I'll start off with uh, the 1990 classic Tremors starring uh, Kevin Bacon and Fred Moore. <laughs> See? Yeah, great, great uh, film. Yeah, it was, I knew nothing about it. It, it was it was one of those. Oh, I like these actors. I wonder what this is about. And I and I think this might have been one of the ones that um hit the video store when I was working at the video store, and uh, all my videos were free, so I picked it up. <laughs> That's <laughs> it the was movie great. where I discovered where I fell in love with Reba McIntyre. I was going to say we discovered Reba McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> Reba McIntyre, love her. Yeah, that was a. It was a very good movie, and, and it was it was, you know, it was the definition of a well done, low budget, yeah, uh, you know, B movie action yeah. horror flick. Yeah, it, can it you can raise the bar for the B movie? What what, what year was that, John? Nineteen ninety. The first one was nineteen ninety. I saw a story the other day on that just popped up on Facebook, and it said that uh, some. Scientists had, were working on uh, creating a robot that could dig underground and swim through the ground like it's water. <laughs> and I told my wife, "I said, like, do they want graboids? Because that's how we get graboids." <laughs> Either that or no, Bugs Bunny. That, that's um. Oh, what was that movie? Screamers. Yeah, uh, with, Peter with, Weller. Uh, Peter Weller. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or a Horda. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Now let's let's just clarify something. Graboid is not a term that was used in the first movie. I think it was. No, it wasn't. Because they 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 were they were I guarantee you I'll I'll I, No, I, I, I No, they didn't call them Graboids in the first okay. movie. Okay. I will I will concede to your degree of confidence. <laughs> and I, you know, if I'm this? wrong, I will freely admit it, folks. <laughs> My my email is bizrickness at gmail.com if you want to really? tell me I'm full of shit. <laughs> that's the that's the email I never checks. So. <laughs> Explains a lot. That's the Does one I use for signing this up. panel know how many uh, films there are in the Tremors series? Eight? I am going to because Allison told me at some point. I believe there are eight and counting, and they're basically wow. now built around Stephen Gross. No, they're I think Michael Gross, rather. They're not that many. But there was also a TV series. I thought there was like five or six. I think there's six. Scott, what's the definitive answer? (laughs) Uh, Well, I thought it was seven, but now that two people have said eight, now I need to double check. I could be. Oh, I'm looking. Yeah, it's seven. Eight is a number I just pulled out of the air. You got Tremors 5, Bloodlines, and then Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell, and then Tremors, Shrieker Island, and then... Uh, Tremors the series uh, came out in 2003. Are any of them as good? Shrieker as Island actually came out last year. Yeah. So. I think I watched the <clears> second <throat> one and decided that that was all I ever needed to see. I mean, I've definitely watched the second one and I probably watched the third one. I want to say, I, was it BB Beseech that was in the first one? Or was it Jillian Hicks? I, I know I remember one Star Trek movie blonde. I don't know if it was Carol Marcus or um, uh, oh, I don't know Catherine Hicks, Jillian, the whale biologist. Yeah, B- I think B- it was, B- Carol, was Marcus. Carol Marcus. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was not the whale biologist. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was BB Bash. There we really? go. Okay. Yeah. I remember that movie. That's why I asked the, the year, because I remember seeing that in the theater with Laura. Yeah. And like you, John, we just went to see it because we were on a date and we had just met and we both were just astounded at how good it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it should not have been as good as it was, but Fred, Fred Ward and, and Kevin Bacon, uh, and then, and then Reba McIntyre and, oh, I can't remember the dude that played her husband. Um, Michael Ross. Michael, oh, oh, that's my, oh, right, right, yeah. He, he, th- they, they made the movie. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it shouldn't be as good as, uh, yes, the acting in it was good, but it was, it was also well written. Like the yeah. direction was good. It was, I mean, they, they, they definitely punched above their weight. Yeah. And they, it, they, they, they hit what they were aiming for. Was it was a movie that it. you, you went to it expecting it to be down here Man. and mm-hmm. it was, it was up here. Yeah. You went in expecting eight-legged freaks. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I, I should point out that as I was just looking at uh, IMDb, technically we can say that there were eight because in 2018, a made-for-TV movie, which was intended to start a new uh, TV series of Tremors. Okay was made and released in 2018, starring Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. Wow. So Allison Pregler vindicated. Yes. And apparently Bacon, Kevin Bacon returned to the role, but everyone passed on the series. Michael Gross is yeah. still starring in some of these movies. He was in yeah. this, yeah, this one, Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell, that came out in 2018. He was in that. And he, he's also in Shrieker Island from 2020. So again, are any of these worth watching? Has anybody seen I, them? I have the first those. one and maybe the second. But, you know, I'm the guy who, surprise, surprise, has them all. <laughs> I saw <laughs> Tremors. I remember seeing up to Tremors 3 because they used to <clears throat> they used to show the third one on television, like regular network television a lot, uh, at least like once a year. Um, it, it was remarkable. I, I don't know about Tremors 3 because I didn't watch it. But, it, you know, Tremors was, for the subject matter, remarkably not gory. It could have been... A lot where I think the worst scene is where where the you know it's just the dude's head in the sand. Yeah, I think that was PG thirteen as well. In fact, yeah. it, 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 let me confirm that, but I'm ninety percent sure. I think you you saw more graboid guts than people guts. <laughs> Chris, what about you? What's your first one? Sean, I'm going to throw back to the first time you and I ever were on mic together, because I believe we discussed this way back when, but. One of the single greatest movie-going experiences of my young life was seeing Return of the Living Dead. (laughs) It was amazing. And to this day, if I want to watch a zombie movie, that's the one I put on first, even before the original Night of the Living Dead. And uh, and I love the Day of the Dead, too. But um, for me, zombie movies don't get better than Return of the Living Dead because not only did it have the gore, um, but it was the first movie that sort of deconstructed the zombie tropes. And they also introduced like fast moving zombies, like zombies that would give you like a flying tackle, not just shambling zombies, but like really dangerous zombies. So um, I, I just remember all the humor in it. I remember um, the, I, I can't speak highly enough about it. I, I, to this day, I still love it. I think it really holds up. Did you guys, have you seen it or? Oh yeah. I've seen, uh, I don't know if I've seen all of the return movies, but I've seen 
How many were there? I I know that there were two because we went to see the sequel because we were so hyped up on that film and I was so disappointed in how bad the sequel was because I think they leaned way into the camp factor um, without having sort of the serious undertone that the first movie had where the camp was just a, a nice add-on to it. Yeah, there were, uh, okay, Return of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Return of the Living Dead 3, Return of the Living Dead Necropolis, so that's four. Return wow. of the Living Dead Rave to the Grave, so that's uh, five movies. Never seen anything past two. I, I, my, my friend Jeff and I went to see this movie, um, and it is a well-known fact that I am a wuss when it comes to horror movies, um, although I've seen a lot more than anyone would imagine. Um this movie was marketed as a comedy. And I suppose in a way it is. Yeah, it's got a lot of comedy in it. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, but we went to it, or, or we, uh, I don't, I honestly don't know how Jeff felt about it. It messed me up big time because <laughs> I was expecting just a silly movie. And yes, there, there are certain comedic elements of it, but it's also scary as hell. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I was not expecting that. And it, it, I, it, it traumatized me. It, it, I, you know, you know, the, it starts off relatively benign. And of course, you know, you've got the, the punk chick who's, who's naked through pretty much the whole movie. So it's Linnea quickly as, as naked a, through every movie. Yeah. As, as like, you know, a 17 or 18 year old or 18 or 19 year old uh, kid. I was like, yeah, all right, this is great. Um, and then you've just got these these fast moving unkillable zombies. You've got the, the the that's where the whole eating brains came from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they explain in the movie that uh, zombies are in pain unless they eat. Yeah, brains the, the pain of being dead. I remember they had the you know the 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 zombie on the table with which was just you know uh sh- you know was nothing below the spine and the spine. I mean the 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 tech of it was amazing. Uh, it was, it, it wasn't that the same year that Life Force came out and they were using very similar animatronics. Um, so yet another movie where there's Life Force. Yeah, a naked lady running out the, throughout the entire movie. Yeah, which is probably one of the, it was a I theme remember. that year, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, not, uh, Return to the Living Dead really did not do good things to my psyche. <laughs> it did great things to my psyche. It came out on video that summer and I think I was 15 and we watched it every day. It was it's, the greatest. It's interesting because so John that, Russo in a nutshell is Rick and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> John Russo made made Night of the Living Dead with uh Romero. Mm-hmm. And uh and then John Russo wrote a novel called Return of the Living Dead that was a sequel to that movie. And then when he parted ways with Romero, he decided to make a movie based on his book. So basically, all of Romero's movies are sequels to Night of the Living Dead. And all of Russo's movies are also sequels to that same movie. <laughs> and um, But but uh, Russo was allowed to keep the Living Dead part of the title. And that's why all Romero's movies are of the dead and all the Russo movies are the living oh, dead. I had no mm. idea. And the funny thing is they do reference that. The other thing that really struck me in that movie, I don't know if this is a regional thing, but the guy who is the, I guess he runs the, the, the graveyard and it's his nephew that's there working. Um, Freddie, um, I forget 
what his name is, but he was the Pathmark spokesman here in New York. So I knew him from TV commercials for a supermarket chain called Pathmark, where he was like the lovable grocer guy. And then all of a sudden he shows up and return of the living dead. And it's like, Oh my God, that's that guy. So uh, it was just another juxtaposition. And, but I, I remember specifically them referencing the fact that, you know, those live, those zombie movies, the living dead movies that actually really happened. And here they are contained in this barrel. So yeah. they did directly reference the Roman yeah. universe. Right. Yeah. I, I just, the, the problem I had with it. And I think what, what, messed with me the most and what gives me an out in the Romero movies is that you can kill a Romero zombie. You know, it's, it's a, it's a sign. The the Romero movies are science fiction. You know, it's a virus that came from outer space that is reanimating dead nervous systems. And if there's enough of the corpse left, it will lurch around and, and, and attack people. Um, and while, you know, there are certainly aspects of that that are scary, uh, and, you know, especially if you get enough of them in one place, you know, I, I kind of appreciate that, the, the implacable, slow-moving horror of the George Romero zombies. What Night of the, what Return of the Living Dead was, was make them indestructible no matter what you did to them. Right. They said chop them in little pieces and those little pieces will come after you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was the part that just made it unbearable for me. And I think it goes back to, and I hadn't thought about this in a long time. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm originally from Connecticut and Chris, you may, I, you may remember the ice storm of like 73 or 75. I don't remember what exactly it was, but like I, New England yeah, I, I got, was living in the Bronx. I remember I was, I was little and yeah. power was out. That's all I remember. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was too. And we went and stayed with friends who still had power for some reason. I, 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 you know, I was three or four or something like that. So, um, maybe, no, I was more. No, if you were three or five, four, then yeah, I, I was like bored. five or six. Well, no, I was, I was less than 10. That's right. Cause I could read. I was, uh, but still the, and they had one of those EC comics. Oh, cool. One of those books. And, and I remember one of the stories in it. You know, and if, if folks, if you don't know what EC comics were, they were, you know, really gross horror comics. It tells from the crypt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and one of the stories was about uh, a, a, a woman whose husband died and somehow she got a magical wish and she wished her husband to come back to life. But of course, she didn't word it right. And so he came back to life embalmed and rotting and decaying and stuff. And then she ends up chopping him up into little pieces and all the little pieces are still wiggling. And, you know, I was just young enough that that just burrowed into my brain and stayed there. And then when we saw return of the living dead, it just went boom. (laughs) So there was a ticking time bomb just waiting to be yeah detonated. Gotcha. All right. Uh, I, I would like to start. I'm, I'm, I don't know how many we're going to get these through because we're, we're way. (laughs) Yeah. we'll, we'll, We'll probably do one more round after this one. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I've got, a, I've got a list this long of, of movies that I love. Um, but as my first one, I'm going to go back to the, one of my favorite very early horror films, and that's The Creature from the Black Lagoon. <sighs> because I love a good monster movie. And I think The Creature from the Black Lagoon is one of the best 
monster movies. You know, you watch some of these classic universal monster movies, you know, as they became known later on. Um, and they're not, you know, they're not particularly, you know, Dracula is very atmospheric, but the story is kind of weak and Lugosi for at the time it was, it was interesting, but I think that, you know, it kind of became cliche and not his fault, but everybody started riffing on it. Frankenstein is really good for a, you know, for a 1930s movie, but I think creature from the black lagoon really did a good job of being innovative and being scary because if you go, have you all seen it in your adult lives? No. Yeah. yeah we, uh, a kid. I, we, we reviewed it on the show. You mean you and uh, Troy, I think. Yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it has always been a favorite of mine. And if you go back and watch it, you know, think about some of the shots in jaws where you're, you're looking up from, from below and swimmers are, you know, on the surface and how scary that is creature from the black lagoon is where they started doing that. And the, the Gill man suit was revolutionary because especially if you go watch any science fiction horror film from that era, the, the monsters are ludicrous at best. Um, but this was, and I, 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 I don't remember the dude's name, but they found this kid who was a free diver and could hold his breath for a long time. And so he was in the suit and would do amazing scenes where he would spend, you know, up to three minutes underwater, which was unheard of, you know, so they could get these really long shots. Um, and, you know, he was, he was tall and skinny and looked really great in the costume. Uh, there's also, God, I wish I had looked this up. Um, the face of the creature was sculpted by the, the credit goes to this guy who ran, who was running their, their, their makeup department, but it was actually sculpted by a woman. And I can't remember her name, but it's one of those classic instances in history of uh, a woman did all the hard work. And then the guy gets the credit for it and she's been forgotten. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's worth looking up. Um, But she designed the, 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 the iconic Gilman face. And I think that, you know, kind of like with alien where, you know, the, the, the concept of alien had been done before, but it was never done as well until they got the, the, you know, the cast and the crew that they did. And Giger created HR Giger, by the way, it's Giger, not Geiger folks, uh, you know, created this amazing monster that didn't look like anything we'd ever seen before. And yet look very real. That's what we got with the Gilman and the, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. And very similar to the, 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 uh, I don't know, Zeitgeist isn't really the right word, but, you know, a lot of the monster movies, a lot of the more successful monster movies, you know, or, or monster stories going, you know, back to Mary Shelley is where, you know, where the creature, the monster, the, 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 the antagonist, is you know is sympathetic it's just doing what it does and people intruded on its on its uh, on its realm and i really love that aspect of the creature from the from the black lagoon and it's two sequels the creature uh, revenge of the creature and the creature walks among us um you know they they got progressively less good but i don't think any of them are bad 
And if you're going to go back, if you're in, if you're interested in going back and seeing some of the earlier underpinnings of horror cinema, you can't do, you, you know, uh, I, I think the best place to start is the creature from the black lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, um, the pseudo sequel, what was the name of that movie? Uh, the, oh, oh, uh, color, uh, um, oh, the shape of water, the shape of water. Yeah. Another awesome movie and another, you know, and a fantastic Doug Jones performance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the shape of water. It's yeah, it's a spiritual sequel to the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, very different, but uh, well, yeah, more more modern. Yeah, but but it's it's a it's, and a it's more of a romance movie. than a horror. But yeah, you know, there's the the cat scene is kind of just saddening. <laughs> <laughs> Sky, have you not gone yet? Go go, Scott. <laughs> Thanks. Um. <clears throat> All right, since I know there's going to be one more round after this, um, I'll save my arguably my favorite one for for last. But uh, first off, uh, this this is a three for because uh, the entire trilogy all came out before the year two thousand, uh, and that would be, uh, I think, not much of a surprise. Uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and Army of Darkness. I considered um, Army of Darkness, but I don't. I, I guess it's technically horror, but it's it, the, it the also, other two definitely are. But Army of Darkness, I'm not sure if it. It, it well, it's a it's a comedy horror, but it definitely you know yeah, it's certainly as much a horror as Tremors is. That yeah, there's there's that, and uh, it's also uh, you know like a like a track runner. It's drafting behind Evil yeah. Dead and Evil Dead Two. Um, it, it it gets waved in because of its association with the first two. Yeah. Um, you don't often see a horror film do so much with so little. Um, and the, the first evil dead is very effective. Yeah. It's obviously quite low budget when you go back and watch it now, but a, uh, they were very creative with what little they had. And Sam Raimi, uh, did a great job of um, uh, of crafting this and getting really effective special effects for uh, a pretty low budget. Uh, yeah, Plano and, doesn't cost that much, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and even though it was it was a hellish shoot, <laughs> it and and that was actually no pun intended because the shoot was a was uh, it was. It was deadly. It was really a hard time for everybody. Um, but they were all clearly so invested in trying to make a solid film. Uh, and it, y- yes, yes, the cat agrees. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it shows in the performance. Um, it's in its way. I think it still holds up even now. Um, the second one, sometimes I'm a little bit torn on the second one. The, the effects are better. Um, and it's funnier because they're, they're adding intentional humor into the second one where they weren't necessarily in the first one. But it also very nearly ignores the first one entirely, rewrites it in the first 10 minutes and then continues on from there, uh, in, in the second film. 
But still, you go with it because at the time those movies were made, people were a little less hung up on continuity and uh, our favorite word, canon. (laughs) And the third film, yeah, again, another another upgrade in the special effects, but Army of Darkness is just hilarious. I still think it's funny even to this day. It, it and and let me let me just clarify, folks. I wasn't criticizing it. it Ar- Army of Darkness is one of my all time favorite movies. I just I just don't necessarily think of it as horror, even right. though its its foundation is in horror. It's it's not it's not in any way scary. Yeah, <laughs> I it, I watched it as a comedy for for years before I actually got a chance to see um, the two the two movies that came before. Um, I didn't even, the, the first time I saw it, I didn't even realize that it was, uh, the third movie in a trilogy. I didn't know there were others that came before it. Same I here. just thought it was the, uh, a really innovative film to start off right in the middle of this action. <laughs> and the, the flashback exposition at the beginning, I thought, wow, they, they, they did a lot of filming for this flashback that, uh, <laughs> just kind of sets the stage. Huh, it turns out there was a whole two movies that they <laughs> that they had done before that. Yeah, I was the same. I had no idea it was it was the third movie of a series. It just it just looked like fun, and we went and saw it. And yeah, you you didn't need you really didn't need to see the first two to appreciate Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Although apparently overseas it was called Evil Dead Three. All right. Um, I've probably like I, I've probably brought this movie up every Halloween that we've done this show, but Psycho is one of the most well-made horror movies I've ever seen. And for a uh, for a horror movie, it has the lowest kill count that I can think of because only two people die in that movie. But for Hitchcock to pull off a horror movie that is as suspenseful as this one is in the middle of the Hayes Code error, era, era, excuse me. Error it wasn't appropriate. Though. It was an error, but <laughs> uh, I think that's amazing. There's nothing particularly gruesome that happens, but it has you on edge. The kill scenes are drawn out. Uh, you anticipate more than what you actually get. And when the when that kill scene is over, the, the, the famous one with uh, Janet Lee in the shower, you think you saw more than what you actually saw. You never saw her actually get stabbed. You see a knife and you see her doing this, you know, and you see some cuts on her arms and stuff. You never actually see the things that you think that you see, you know. Um, you see knife, skin, knife, skin, and it's, it's bloodless uh, until you see the blood going down the drain at the end. Uh, so they made several more films. None, none of them were Hitchcock. None of them live up to the original, but... I did enjoy, they actually made three more with the head Anthony Perkins in it. And I did enjoy them because I think Anthony Perkins was good in that role. And I think he did good even in the sequels. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, they may, he, he makes the rest of the series pretty watchable, but none of them, none of them live up to that original. And don't even, don't even talk to me about that. Vince Vaughn travesty <laughs> that happened. I don't. I don't even know how, how you let that happen. But you take a movie that's. All, I mean, it's one thing to remake a movie, 
But why reshoot a movie? Why make the same movie? It's the same. It's the same shot, shot for shot. It's the same movie, and it still works. How can it be worse if it's the same movie? It well, it was a gimmick that didn't work. It was, yeah, and no, it didn't work, yeah, it didn't work at all. <laughs> uh, also, I'm sorry, Vince Vaughn doesn't have half the screen presence that um, Anthony Perkins does. No, he doesn't. There's just no, there's no creep factor there with him. Anthony Perkins could be, you know, at one time earnest, but then at the next turn, like, stay away, you, you, you lunatic. Well, it's like, pleasant. I mean, of course, it's made in the '90s, so they have to be a little more salacious than they were in the. Uh, in the fifties, but when Anthony Perkins is watching Janet Lee through a hole in the wall, you know what he's doing, but they well, don't make you know, it obvious. They made it obvious with Vince Vaughn, right? Vince Vaughn, they made it obvious because you you hear the sound, yeah, <laughs> you hear the fapping. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, you know, I the one thing I remember about that movie was Siskel and Ebert. I think it was Roger Ebert said the creepiest thing about Norman Bates was that he didn't masturbate. So why <laughs> why would they, you know, make it so explicit in the in the remake? Yeah, and then you you, you got stuff like uh, when uh, when Janet Lee goes into the office there at the hotel and she sees all these stuffed birds everywhere. Anthony Perkins delivers the line, you eat just like a bird, you know, and it's very creepy the way he says it. Uh, Vince Vaughn just says, huh, you eat like a bird, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, uh, but Psycho is one of my favorite uh, horror movies, and uh, the Psycho series is better than it gets credit for. So, Did you get it? No. Virginia, what about you? What's your next one? Um, well, going from Janet Lee to Jamie Lee Curtis, I gotta go with Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Um, I think. Well, there's two things that that I like to talk about with this movie. Is one that the most terrifying aspect is when Jamie Lee Curtis is like running for her life. And Michael Myers is just slowly and methodically following her. She's panicking. He's just like, I'm eventually going to get her and kill her. Like, very patient and just determined, which is very scary to me. Mm-hmm. But also, so I was watching this with my stepdaughter several years ago when she was a teenager. And um, it gets to the scene where, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis thinks she's killed Michael Myers. And um, she stands up and she drops the knife by him. And my stepdaughter, Adira is her name. Adira is like, don't they know? You should never drop the knife by the killer. Everybody (laughs) knows that. And I'm like, this is the movie. This is the movie. Why we know that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, man. And I'm like, yeah, I feel old right now. But anyway, so, yeah, it's. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to watch when you live out in the country with nobody around and Michael Myers is behind every bush and tree. So that's why I picked that one. Yeah. I've, and I really like the whole series because it's like every, every movie, it's, a, it's the same thing. It doesn't change. He's the same guy. He does the same thing. He's just going to walk towards you and he's going to kill you. Well, except and, for uh, Halloween 3, which is just a weird travesty. 
Yeah, yeah. There's a whole story behind why that why that movie happened. <laughs> but even um, if it takes thirty years, he'll keep on walking. <laughs> the um, of course, the new one comes out this month. But um, what I like about the the last one that came out, Halloween, they brought Jamie Lee Curtis back, and uh, they made it a sequel to that original film because they never said anything about him, Mike, Michael Myers being her brother until the second one. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So this is a sequel. The The one that came out a few years ago is a sequel to that first film. They're like not H- related. H2O? No, no. Well, yeah, she came back for that too, but that was a sequel to the whole series. This last one that came out, that was just Halloween that came oh. out in 2018 was a sequel to the first film and it skipped all oh. the rest of them. So they're not related anymore. They're not related in the, in the, in this continuity. And then the one that comes mm. out this month is also is a sequel to that one that they came out in 2018. So, so yeah, they bring Jamie Lee Curtis back, but she's not Michael's sister. John, what you got? Right. Nurse 1996. <sighs> Once again, comedy horror. Oh, you said Frighteners. I thought you said Wet Nurse. I was like, what movie yeah, is I, that? What? I thought you said White Nurse, and I, I haven't heard of that one. Wow, now I want to see Wet Nurse and White Nurse. <laughs> Wait, I'm married to White Nurse. Uh, I've seen that. I, I heard Frighteners, John. Just <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It'll show up on um, Science versus Fiction, The Wet Nurse. <laughs> there probably is a hard movie called The Wet Nurse. Uh, anyway, uh, Michael J. Fox stars as, uh, a psychic who can see ghosts and basically as Ghostbusters, if Ghostbusting was a scam, there's a few ghosts that he's in league with that goes, they haunt a place. He busts the ghosts and gets paid and then they move on to the next place. Is that the one where, where one of them is the old cowboy with his like nose yes. half off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the most inappropriate scene in the film (laughs) where he is having sex with a corpse and says, I like it when they lie still like that. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't that, uh, Gomez Adams, I want to say, or, um, the guy always reminded me of Gomez Adams. Uh, you know, he played Harry's yeah. father in Night Court, and I don't know his yeah, name. Yeah, John Aston. John Aston. That's um, it. Is John Aston? Yeah. The judge. That is, that is Gomez. Yeah. That is Gomez. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He 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 was in the the TV show. Raul Julia was the in the movie. No, I meant the TV oh, show. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Child of the seventies TV show. Yeah, Raul Julia would not be in this film. Well, I mean. He did Street let's Fighter. Not, let's not go there. <laughs> anyway, uh, he did Street Fighter for a reason. Jeffrey Combs was in that <laughs> movie. I didn't realize guy. that. Yeah, Jeffrey I forgot Combs. about he that. He played a weirdo yeah, played in that the, film. He was the FBI agent. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. I did like the yeah the scene when he gets his head cut off, but his ghost head is still there. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that uh, Peter Jackson had directed. I'm assuming that's the same Peter Jackson. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, because uh, when I saw. Um, uh, Aragon going through uh, the paths of the dead, um, and the ghost came up. I immediately thought of the frightness. It's the <laughs> yeah, same effect. Yeah, it is. It same is same exact effect. I, I presumed that uh, Robert Zemeckis <laughs> directed this because it's very Robert Zemeckis like, and Michael J. Fox is starring. 
yeah. that's, but, that's, but that's no. a reasonable assumption. No, and Arlie Ermey. Yeah, Arlie Ermey was in it, too. Playing the same character he did in Full Metal Jacket. Right? Basically, yeah. This, this yeah. is not on my list only because I know I watched it, but I barely remember it. I haven't watched it in 30 years. Oh, it's not on my list. Well, no, not that. Week. 20 years. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember enjoying it. I just can't remember much about it because it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, it's the, not... The wallpaper it, it thing, is, I, I would say it is not as good a film as Tremors. It is uh, more predictable um, and not as well written. But it's it's... It's fun. It's popcorn fun. Um, it's an enjoyable '90s supernatural action comedy horror movie starring Michael J. Fox. And, yeah, if you're a Michael J. Fox fan, it's it's pretty much a sweet zone for him. It's a good role yeah. for him. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the few actors where if he's in a movie, I'll watch it. I don't really have many actors that way, but um, I've, I've seen Life with Mikey and Secret of My mm-hmm. Success, and you know, The Hard Way. Um, the hard way. That was a good movie. The hard way is actually movie. really good. But um, cool like they do, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like Hollywood was cute. Yeah. All right. Um, Chris, what's your next one? Well, since we're only doing one more round, um, I was going to go with the thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, because it was just such a milestone in FX and one of the most gory and interesting movies I'd ever seen up to that point. But Yes. I have to if if I can only pick one because this one genuinely frightened me. It's, I still find it disquieting, and I think it's endlessly fascinating. Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, and the reason I pick it is um, I know that a lot of it's almost like cliche now. Like here's Johnny and Jack Nicholson is like way over the top right in the beginning of the movie, but. There's so much fan lore around it, and there's so much that people find in it still to this day. They can interpret that movie in so many different ways. And uh, not only uh, do I watch The Shining a lot, but I've seen this documentary called Room 237 a couple of times where they just explore some of these these fan theories about the movie. And some of them are, you know, wackadoodle, but um, some of them are pretty cogent and I think that it all fits into sort of the mystique that Kubrick built around him. And I remember when um, I saw Eyes Wide Shut, I went down the YouTube rabbit hole about Kubrick at the Illuminati. And it it was just like weird and, and crazy. I had like a nightmare about it. So, I mean, that movie, The Shining, scared me when I was a kid to the point where I had a nightmare waking up screaming. And when I'm in my late forties after watching a ton of Stanley Kubrick videos because of the shining waking up from a nightmare. So it still gives me nightmares. So, um, I don't know if uh, you guys have a love for it or if it's just is because it's now it's, it's such a mainstay. I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I've said it on the show, but I don't think it's, because I love the what the book, The Shining, is one of my favorite King novels. But uh, I'm just not a Kubrick fan. Uh, I, mean, I can't think of anything that he made that I'm just like, oh yeah, I really like that movie. Uh, one? No, I don't like. I mean, the <laughs> movies that movie gives me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But I mean, I could, I recognize it for what it is to cinema. I know that there's parts of it that are important for the history of cinema and everything. I loved the callback to it in uh, Ready Player One. I thought that whole sequence was great. <laughs> and then, um, and then the stuff that they did in Doctor Sleep, where they kind of went back to it. I thought that that I thought that that stuff was kind of interesting and everything. But as far as the the movie. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a bad movie because, I mean, I, I, like I said, I can recognize it for what it is. It's the same way Rick is with The Godfather. He knows it's a good movie. He just doesn't like it, <laughs> you know. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the way I am. And plus, uh, Stephen King doesn't even like it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you see the TV version of The Shining, which he, you know, sanctioned, it was the most self-indulgent mess. It was awful. Yeah, it was, it was freaking unwatchable. Yeah. So you tell me who's got better judgment. I'm sorry. Every Stephen King movie I've ever seen has been mediocre to downright freaking horrible. Yeah, most like, of them are not good. Kubrick I elevated mean, The Shining. I think it might be because like you, Sean, The Shining is probably my my favorite Stephen King novel. Yeah. And I think this movie does it justice in the sense that it captures the horror that I felt when I was reading the book. It doesn't really hew to the book very um, – uh, like it's it's not faithful but i think it's spiritually faithful i like uh i love stephen king novels but i can probably count on one hand how many stephen king movies i think are good movies i mean you got you got shawshank you got the green mile Carrie. Shawshank, which rick is not allowed to watch nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay the with the just the only thing i have to say is um you were talking about uh psycho that there's only two deaths on screen the the shining i think only has one actual death on screen and it's oh, when, he, when he old scott man Carruthers yeah, an when he, the chest just the extra chest you don't even really technically see um jack nicholson die on screen you see him fall in the snow and then you see him frozen the next day but, spoiler yeah. alert <laughs> <laughs> no, but you do see yeah, the, the bad guy bodies. dies at the end of the horror movie. <laughs> you see the mangled bodies of of the girls. Yeah, but that's not. But you don't. Well, all right. Th- I don't think that happens on screen. No, that's I mean Danny saying. just flashes first. They're standing there, and then uh, all of a sudden, it's a jump cut to them like lying dead and right. basically cut up in in the corridor. Spoiler. Yeah. Well, what did you think of Doctor Sleep? Did you like that movie? Um, the movie or the book? Either one. I mean, I, I don't I think read, I, I don't think I finished the book, but I, I, I did book with, the movie. with some anticipation. I think the movie. I, I thought the book was good because it was a direct sequel to The Shining. Um, but the the movie walked a weird tightrope where it had to be both an adaptation of a sequel to the novel mm-hmm. version, yet it was also a sequel to the movie version. And I think that they did a pretty good job of marrying both of them together. I didn't like the fact that they recast um, Jack Nicholson. I didn't like the fact that they recast Scatman Crothers, but I understand why they did it. Because if you're going to do a movie sequel of The Shining, then you have to have callbacks to the Overlook and the Kubrick version. And um, I, I thought it was what? fine. In the book? The in the book, sleep. they didn't do that. In the book, he didn't even it was go just, inside. He didn't even go inside the overlook. No, in the book, in the book, it was it was. But the thing is, you like you said with Ready Player One, you like that yeah. scene because of all the iconic overlook imagery. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying about the lasting impact that Kubrick's film has made 
when you think of The Shining, you think of the overlook, you think of that music, you think of the blood in the elevators, you think of, you know, Danny Boy, you think of all of that. And if you're a Stephen King fan and you've read the novel, you think of his version and some of the stuff. So like Dr. Sleep, I think, did a really good job of melding both of those. That's you know, the, the, next, the film version, the film version. That's the next thing that I hear they're going to try to make into a TV series is The Shining. Well, it's not The Shining. They're making they're going to make a TV series called The Overlook. Yeah, I wrote about that on the flip side like seven years ago. Oh, really? It, it ain't, <laughs> it ain't happen happening. Yet. Yeah, it's <laughs> been sitting in limbo for. I don't know. Stephen King. Was, I mean, if they cut him a check, he'll sign his name to anything. I mean, yeah, he'll I mean, let anybody make a movie out of his stuff. But okay, Rick, what about you? What's your last one? All right. Uh, this is this is a tough call. Uh, I, I got to throw out some some quick. Honorable mentions, Beetlejuice, sorry, Virginia, uh, <laughs> Creepshow, Little Shop of Horrors, Frank Oz is a genius, um, Lost Boys, and, okay, I'm, I'm really torn between these two movies, but I, 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 okay, An American Werewolf in London is a classic. I don't think we necessarily need to go into it because you either know it's a classic or you don't, and you, you haven't experienced it yet. And you need to, um, also alien is a given, um, just in my universe, alien is always just there. It's, it's top. Okay. But a movie y'all may not know, you know, I, I have always been a big fan of vampire movies and vampire stories. I've read almost everything. Anne Rice has written from the vampires, uh, for her vampires, you know, Lost Boys is a great movie. The only vampire movie I can, there's two vampire movies I really don't like. John Carpenter's Vampires, which we have talked about in the past about how horrible that movie is for many reasons. Dracula 2000. Dracula, no, actually I enjoyed Dracula 2000. It's not good, but I enjoyed it. No, the, the <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula with Keanu Reeves and Gary Oldman. Just because blown mess that movie was. <laughs> yes, it, yeah. it made it made pretensions to be so much better than it was. Um, if it if it had just come out and just didn't, you know, it was just like when Kenneth Branagh a couple of years later did his definitive Frankenstein, and it was an absolute mess as well. Um, you know, they both claimed to be the the definitive adaptation of the novels, and then they kind of did the first chapters of the novels, and then went, eh, screw it, now we're going to do our movie. And, and <laughs> you know, and it was just, you know, I I love Keanu as John Wick. I love him as as in the Ted, Bill and Ted movies, but when he tries <laughs> trying to do an English accent, it was awful. But like Rick, what so, is the last thing on your list? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. I, I, I was about to say it. The, to me, the pinnacle of vampire movies, especially pre two thousand, pre year two thousand, is The Hunger. I knew you were going there. <laughs> Susan Sarandon, Susan Sarandon, Catherine Deneuve, and David Bowie. Bowie, um, <laughs> and it is a wonderful, atmospheric uh, tour de force of vampires and goth culture it starts with freaking Bauhaus singing Bella Lugosi's dead <laughs> and just goes on from there uh it was the movie where I realized what an amazing actor David Bowie is you know we we very frequently we frequently see rock stars becoming movie uh getting into movies with varying degrees of success you know uh Mick Jagger 
never should be in front of a camera. <laughs> um, uh, but David Bowie was an amazing actor who I think was extremely underrated. And this movie is just incredible. I don't, I, you know, it's one of those movies that they don't rely a lot on, on special effects. There, there's some, you know, prosthetics towards the end, which are kind of necessary, but, you know, CG didn't exist at the time. So, uh, it, it's all what effects there are, are all practical. And it's, it's an amazingly scary, violent, but incredibly erotic. There's, there's, you know, one scene in particular that my V, VCR copy of it was really worn out at that point. <laughs> if you know the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And it's, it's just one of, if not the best vampire movies ever made, in my opinion. And I, I don't feel like I'm overselling it. Never seen it, but I will. I haven't either. Yeah. I'll watch I, 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 this, this, this saddens me. <laughs> this really yeah, I, I trust you. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it this year. <laughs> All right, Scott, what about you? What's your last one? Uh, well, I'm glad that John put the Frighteners on his list because I can uh, cite that and, by extension, Lord of the Rings, which was already brought up, uh, to add in a very early entry in Peter Jackson's uh, filmography as a director, and that would be uh, from 1993, Dead Alive. Oh, wow. I haven't thought of that movie for years. <laughs> I just remember the, the cover. Is that the one with the, like the hands are pulling the, the lips and the teeth? Yeah. It's a, the woman's face and she's yeah over at that. And there's a, uh, uh, skull inside there. Yes. Yep. It's, it's a great cover, uh, to a great movie. Uh, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's, um, it's slapstick, it's gonzo, and uh, even up to now, it's quite possibly the goriest movie that I have ever seen. <laughs> that used to be on IFC a lot when IFC was actually playing movies instead of Two and a Half Men and um, <laughs> Val commercials, no less. And I remember that film just being remarkable for its inventiveness. But is also is that also the one? I'm sorry, with, with the brunette Italian brunette actress um, as the main. I just remember her being like a stunner. So it's like I, I, I stayed for her and then I was amazed by, by the rest of the film. Yeah. She's, um, uh, she, she's absolutely gorgeous. I can't remember, um, her name or where she's from, but I'll bring it up right now. But I mean, just Diana Penelver, the, the absolute gore factor in that film. She's Spanish. Doesn't yeah, some? That's what I thought. I, I've seen pictures from it. Isn't there a scene where somebody like just takes a lawnmower? Yes, and <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm it. thinking of. Yeah. That's, spoilers. That's the climax of the movie. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah. It, uh, it starts off with because this is a movie that uh, probably a lot of people uh, haven't necessarily seen. So for those who haven't seen it, um, also uh, be aware that uh, uh, its original title. Um, internationally is brain dead but uh 
these days it's referred to as dead alive. Uh, it starts with uh, uh, an expedition, like a almost like a safari um, in uh, Sumatra. Uh, someone is able to capture a um, Sumatran rat monkey, which is a stop motion creature that uh, yeah. looks uh, looks horrible and gross, um, and it is put in a zoo in what I'm assuming because it's Peter Jackson, I'm assuming it's set in New Zealand. Um, This creature gets put in a zoo. An old woman gets um, scratched and bitten by it through the bars. And the strange property of this rat monkey is that if it bites you, you will die and uh, immediately turn into a zombie. A slowly falling apart, decomposing zombie. And anyone that comes into contact with the zombie will also do the same thing. Uh, the old woman who is first, <clears throat> in, <clears throat> excuse me, infected is the main character's mother. <clears throat> um, so as he is trying to care for his mother, because um, he's a big mama's boy, and he is being uh, very strongly, aggressively pursued by the female lead in the movie. There's also a zombie epidemic that is sweeping through the countryside. So the main character is uh, attempting to dig up the body of his mother because he knows that she's not dead. He is beset by three um, uh, by three punks uh, who are going to beat him up. Uh, one of the punks starts um, urinating on the grave to which we get one of the great lines in the movie, which is the guy is sitting on the ground looking up at the gang members says, that's my mom, you're pissing on. <laughs> um, and then out of nowhere, a priest shows up and jumps onto one of the taller gravestones. And he's going to defend our main character jumps off the gravestone. He's a Kung Fu master. He kicks ass all three of these bad guys. And that's where we get the line that I, uh, introduced myself with at the beginning of this podcast, I kick ass for the Lord. And he just absolutely wrecks these three bad guys. And then he dies. He gets killed. And all three of these gang members and the priest become zombies along with the mother. And our main character is trying to keep the zombie apocalypse under control. So he keeps them all in his basement. (laughs) Yes. A couple of the zombies decide to have sex with each other. Yes. They give birth to a, already pre-undead zombie baby, which the main character has to take to the park for reasons unknown, but it's hilarious. Okay. That's what it's fast, it fast forward to the end. Fast forward to the well, end of the movie. You have dozens of zombies in the house and our main character is just running through the house with a lawnmower held up in front of him, blade first, just plowing through all these zombies in the house. Gallons and gallons of Icor just flowing out from the lawnmower. It's it's a beautiful scene. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, that's going to draw us to a close. Uh, we're going to continue our horror discussion next week when we're going to talk about our favorite horror movies that have come out since the year 2000. Uh, but right now, we are rapidly approaching the end of our show, and when it's over... You're going to want to head over to patreon.com slash infinite potato where you can become a patron. You can get early access to episodes. Uh, you can get special movie commentaries. 
our last commentary was the room. So if you want to watch Rick slowly descend into madness, <laughs> watch that. And uh, later this month, we're going to be Wasn't releasing. It's not that slow at all. I was going to say that later this month, close, close, close to Halloween. We're going to be releasing um, a uh, viewing of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. So you can, uh, you can get all that for $3 a month. Or you can sign up for five dollars a month, and you'll get uh, recognition on the show. And at the ten dollar level, you can uh, be invited on the show from time to time. So, special thanks to our producers who are Bullet Bingal, Tom Corcoran, Dell Goodall, Brandon Ushio, and Jeff Hughes. So, thank you guys for the help that you give us every month. All right, thank you guys for being here, Rick. Once you let everybody know where they can find you. You can find me elsewhere on the Infinite Potato Alliance. Uh, such shows as Starbase 66 and The Prime Direction and occasionally on Captain Game Show or that Star Trek podcast or is there an order? Oh, Open the Iris. Yeah. <laughs> Stargate, Stargate SG-1 show. Um, and anywhere else that they don't pay attention to uh, me sneaking in the back door. <laughs> Virginia, it's been good to see you again. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. Chris, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? You can find me as a host on the Quantum Leap podcast. You can uh, look us up at quantumleappodcast.com. We are uh, just about to release our episode about the series finale, Mirror Image. You don't want to miss it. So quantumleappodcast.com. You can get it wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. John, where can we find you, sir? Uh, you can find me um, sprinkled throughout the Infinite Potato Alliance, uh, liberally, and um, most heavily in my own podcast, the Trivia Wordplay uh, podcast of the Infinite Potato Alliance Network, Captain Game Show. All of the fine people here uh, have been and hopefully will again be guests. And um, more shows will play in the future. I just got to say, uh, Chris is the best at this. I'm like consistently. <laughs> the best at what? The best at like the closing. Like he'll, he, he says his thing. He, he says like, you know, something funny every time he references what's going on, but he's like, everybody else just kind of stumbles through it. You're, you're, I want to be like Chris when I grow up. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, want, I want to be as clever as John Irons when I grow up. <laughs> Scott, where can we find you, sir? Uh, people can find me right here on Cosmic Potato, also uh, quite often on that Star Trek podcast, occasionally on Captain Game Show. Not as much as I'd like. Sorry, John, that's on me. Um, <laughs> and uh, coming soon, you can hear me on uh, my new show, I'd Watch That for a Dollar, where I sit down with a different guest every episode and discuss a film that I purchased on Blu-ray or DVD at my local dollar store. Season one is in pre-production right now. Uh, if you're tired of listening to me, but you still want to see some of my work, then you can check out uh, some of my graphic artwork found on uh, planetrisecreative.com. That's my website. Boy, is uh, it graphic? <laughs> you see, John, I was, doing, alive. You see I, I was doing, I was doing fine, John. 
And then <laughs> other people decide they have to add to my outro. Um, <laughs> Uh, the website uh, recently got a redesign. So uh, if you've seen it before, but not recently, go check it out again. Uh, it looks different and there's uh, more content being added to it right now. If you don't want to try to uh, wade through the website, you can look me up on Twitter at Planet Rise. All right. And if you want to know how to get in touch with the show, just stay tuned at the end of the show. We'll let you know. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, YouTube, all those places. Just search for Cosmic Potato. And uh, we should pop up. So thank you very much for listening today. And be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say. You know, you might have actually heard John say this before. I was going through my notes looking for something for today. And I found some old notes that I've forgotten like a year ago, a couple of years ago. So I'm going to give you two or three. And if you've heard any of them before, I apologize. But they, I think. Halloween themed. Uh, number one, you know, in Bizarro World, when someone says Candyman three times, Willy Wonka appears. <laughs> uh, I think it's interesting that the word damning with an N means something that you want ruined, but darning something like socks means something you want fixed. And damning with two M's kind of does both at the same time. You're not wrong. Damn right, I'm not. (laughs) Uh, You ever notice in the supernatural world when a demon adds the A to its title, it's like a promotion. It's like, oh, he's a demon now. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Damon. And then all the demon hunters are like, oh, we got to get the extra spicy holy water because he's got an A now or something. I don't know. I didn't really finish right now and out, but that's, that's, the, that's the bulk of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. Or support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, brought to you by InfinitePotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.